Hey y'all, you're listening to Word on the Street, an OML and RRC podcast. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Word on the Street. Um, actually, our last episode of Word on the Street this quarter, and the last time that we'll all be a part of it. Um, I am Anissa, I am your host, I use she, her, hers, or they, them, theirs. Uh, as my pronouns, and I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to my fellow co-workers and introduce themselves for this podcast. Anyone that wants to go? <laughs> <laughs> then I'll, I'll go next then. Uh, my name is Shrey. I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name is Bella, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, my name is Grace. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Sean. I use he, him pronouns. And hi, I'm Kiara. I use she, they pronouns. All right. Thank you all for meeting me meeting with me here. Um, So something that we want to do with this podcast is there's a lot of things that we want to touch on. Uh, Some of the things that we were really excited about and happened this year, events that we're really proud of, Um, some things that happened on campus that we were not as proud of and and took some issue with, Um, as well as some of the transitions that we went through this year as an office and how we will all be transitioning outward towards other SIEs taking our role. So this is just our last little bit to round up the year, talk about what happened, and thank you all for participating and listening to us and for us to say our goodbyes. All right, does anyone want to start with anything that is weighing on them or anything like that? Shout out to Anissa for creating yes. the podcast <laughs> for two years. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic work and we're so grateful for you. <laughs> I am going to cry during this one. <laughs> And this made me cry last night when I asked, like, um, after the difficult dialogue, I like to ask, what's one thing you can do to take care of yourself this week? Because it was a heavy conversation. And Nissa went on about, like, healing her inner child, and I literally started crying. Yeah. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. That's embarrassing. <laughs> no, it was, it was very, very sweet. So I guess we'll, we'll start with that. Like, one of the things that we do in the office are having difficult dialogues. And they get to be topics that we get to discuss. So the one that me and Grace and Trey were a part of last night was talking about decolonizing mental health and what that looks like and how it has progressed over the years in the U.S. and in other countries as well. And when we were ending, it's something that we all very much care about and something that is really big to us. Uh, Specifically for me, I'm currently trained to be a therapist and one that is going to decolonize the way that I practice and the way that I approach Uh, mental health in general so it was something really really important and when we ended we decided to ask people because it was a lot of heavy information that is hard to hear and hard to deal with but asking people to not only take the information but also take care of themselves afterwards and so when grace asked i had said that i had been listening to a lot of music from when i was 15 um and Really resonating. I am 25 years old, and that was probably the last time that I'll say that, and announcing my age to all of you, because <laughs> I do that so often. Uh, but I spent the last decade really going from a place of self-hatred, uh, self-harm in doing this, and then finally realizing that me at 25 is the person that I would have felt the safest with, and the person that I deeply needed. So I'm taking care of my inner child, but also living my truth now and feeling more comfortable and more authentic in who I am and finally experiencing life the way that I want. 
But yeah, so thank you, Grace, and everybody in this office yeah. for allowing me to have, finally have that space. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that? <laughs> so given what you just shared, I'm wondering how, if at all, the SIE position has contributed to your growth and development over the past decade and specifically over the past two years that you've held the position like how has that contributed to your understanding of yourself and um, self-love oh yeah absolutely the my role here was the first time in my life that I was actually like I want to put myself into the work that I do I want to approach life holistically I want to put myself forward because I have a story that matters I spent so much of my life thinking that my story didn't matter that I wasn't Mexican enough because I'm mixed, or I wasn't white enough because I'm mixed, that I wasn't queer enough because I'm uh, pansexual. Uh, and now within the sudden realization within the last year that I wasn't cis or trans enough to really see myself as, I don't really have a label for that right now. Um, I've just been introducing myself as queer. But if it wasn't for my role in this office and putting so much of myself into the work that I do, like with the podcast, I've shared so much of my life with y'all. Like y'all, you all know just the amount of stories that I have told about my life. And that is shocking to everybody that this has all happened to one person. But it's something that I never got to do. And so as my role as an SIE, I wanted to use that position to speak to those who feel that they can't voice their own opinions and also live my own authenticity. I do that through the podcast. I've done that through Queer Craft Corner, which has deeply meant a lot to me. And this year with Thrifty, the just bringing in community and making sure that the voices that aren't heard from or seen on this campus are finally heard and seen. And so, yeah, I hope that answered the question. Yes, it did beautifully, thank yes. you. <laughs> Well, I mean, Anissa just kind of explained a bunch of the programs that um, they've done throughout this year, but I don't know, should we go around and discuss some of our favorite programs from either this year, your time as an SIE, and why they've meant so much to you? So I, I think, I would say all the programs, honestly, my favorite was like when me and Kara did Gates in the Garden Spring Quarter, mm -hmm. like that was Honestly, that was like a lot of fun. Like honestly, it's been like a little meal and getting to like get paid for that. Um, but honestly, the biggest thing was like getting all the queer orgs together. Like that was just like it was again, it was a lot of fun to put together, and it was so nice getting all the queer orgs together because like I feel like RC does its own thing as being like the main queer center on campus. Then you have queer qualified doing like queer professional development, Kipaka, you know, queer people of color association doing their own thing. And then we have like SCAP Q9 doing its own thing, but like we don't often, like sometimes we'll collab with like one club or one organization, but like having all of them come together for like one event and all that, it was nice to see that happen. Um, so like that's what I really liked about it. And hopefully we can have like more, uh, more stuff like that where we can get all the orgs together to do stuff. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gaze in the Garden, shout out to Cole. Yes. For starting yeah. Cole was the one started it, yeah. It's just the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love going. Um, okay. I think I I can't not say Una Noche. That was oh just the best ever. Yeah. Shout out to Sean. Yeah. Sean over there. <laughs> <laughs> That was easily like one of the most fun nights I've had yeah. at Santa Clara 
period. And um, it was like the best introduction to my role as an SIE. That was the first like event I held. And to go, I remember Mahek actually told me, she was like, wow, your first event is like a big event. And I was like, yeah, like what else do we do as SIEs? She's like, make like a Canva flyer. She's like, make a, a presentation. I was like, no, like, let's, oh my gosh, it was the, the best thing ever. Um, but otherwise, I loved any time that I could mix my passion with public health with my SIE role. Grace and I did, and Shrey, we did um, the reproductive justice, difficult okay. dialogue. I love the monkeypox. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Difficult no, yeah. dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I want to add to about like, like a favorite events too is you mentioned the monkeypox one. That's another one for me. Is again, it's like getting to cover issues that like you are passionate about yeah. and like issues affecting your communities and like your identities. Because for that, like for me, I want to bring attention because like as someone who identifies as a gay man, as someone who had to live through that, like with much of the other queer community, that whole scare and the, that outbreak, it's like I want to cover this because this like information is very valuable and like I want to make sure that like the community I'm in, the community like my identities in, and like people I. Um, people I'm around, people I know are like, like just are safe and don't like get monkeypox. And that, of course, there isn't that stigma that was there. Like this, like the same stigmas that were there for HIV/AIDS. Those same ones were translated and repeated in monkeypox. So some some of those same uh, things were like, oh, it's just a gay man's disease, or like, oh, only gay men will get it. And that, and also just like mismanagement of like vaccines and all that. It's like I want to cover this because like, what is going on? Why are we repeating history again? Like four decades later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My favorite program, uh, after Jay, is um, <laughs> was definitely the Jazz History is Black History difficult oh, dialogue. So good. Um, I, I thought it was just like uh, the best mix of like of fun and education, uh, mm -hmm. with just talking about uh, the Black history of jazz, and then bringing on the SU uh, jazz ensemble to come in and play yes. like, like before, after, during, and just. And not only experience the music, but also just learn like the deeper meanings behind it. So that was definitely. Like, but after we mentioned that, yeah, that's <laughs> so good. I was so sad to have missed jazz history. Black, like jazz. Jazz is my maybe my favorite genre of music. I don't know, one of them. <laughs> um, and I had an awful migraine, but that was so special. I remember like looking through the Canva and the presentation and everything. I'm like. Jazz is the best, like old school jazz. Yeah, that is my favorite. Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. oh, there's nothing like it. <laughs> Another thing I loved about that program was that we had it in the California Mission Room, and yeah. it was it wasn't even a presentation. Like we were, uh, Kira, Issa, and I were all just sitting in the half circle with everyone, so we were all like looking at the music, but also That's looking cool. at each other. Yeah. Uh, and then and we had the doors open, so people who were hearing the jazz be played from the inside of the room would just trickle on in, like, oh, what's going on? And they would just uh, scoot over and give a, give a seat to them. And, and just people were just coming in and out and enjoying the music and just enjoying the conversation as well. So, yeah, that was definitely a, like, one of my favorite moments as well. Well, I have a favorite program, too. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm, I have the drive open um, looking at this year and there are so many programs that like I could shout out that I'm so happy that our office was a part of. Um, so I'll just do a couple. I'm sure I'll be reminded of more. But I think when I 
I'm trying not to say I think, I'm trying to say I know, because I know. <laughs> I know that one of my favorite programs was a program that we did last spring quarter, um, the Know My Name program. And this, for context, I applied for the SIE position as a freshman at Santa Clara and was hired like with the intention that I, or the goal that I would start the fall of my sophomore year. But because of COVID, I couldn't start in person until last year. Very complicated. COVID just like really screwed with everything. But while I was studying in DC in the fall of 2021, there were multiple suicides at SCU and suicide impacted the campus community in like really profound ways. There were also a lot of sexual assaults. Um, the state of everyone's mental physical health was not good. And I was on the other side of the country and um, like trying to navigate that was really difficult. My best friend and roommate in DC um, knew one of the people who died by suicide. And so like, it was just a going through the grieving process on the other side of the country was really difficult. And I started to think of ways that we could address that when we came back to Santa Clara. And I had read Chanel Miller's Know My Name the year before, I think. And that is top two. Like, and that's a, that is a lot <laughs> coming from me because I read a lot of books. But that is the most impactful thing I've ever read, along with Brady Sweetgrass, which I won't shut up about. But I thought that that book would be a good way to bring the subjects that we wanted to address to the campus community because um, for context, Sean Miller was assaulted in Palo Alto at Stanford University, which is 15 minute drive from Santa Clara. Um, and she also attended Gunn High School in Palo Alto, which is kind of known for its suicides and its high rate of suicide. And she also goes through the legal process and navigates that as a woman of color. And I thought, wow, this book really addresses everything that I want to address in campus. And so I created the nominating program and the Office of Multicultural Learning and the Wellness Center collaborated on a series of presentations. Um, and we were able to, with financial support from the Wellness Center, order hundred books and give them to various departments around campus. And that is honestly one of the, the highlights of my time at SCU because of the connections I was able to create through that pro program. Um, there was one day last spring, I think it was in April, maybe March, and I came into the office and the books had, they were here and uh, we had been passing them out to people. And Bruno was like, oh, what are you gonna work on today? I said, yeah, I'm gonna be a book fairy. He was like, a book fairy? Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And I'm like, I just, just trust me. I'll be back in an hour. And he was like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess I trust you. And I packed a tote bag full of books and I became a book fairy for a day. And I walked to different departments on campus and I was intentional about going to departments that I've never engaged with. I think I went to religious studies and history and like rooms I had never been in. And uh, I asked to speak with like the office managers or the chairs. And I was like, hey, here's this book. Here's flyer, I had bookmarks that I created as stickers. And I was like, if you want to leave a stack of books on the desk and students can take them. And um, we ended up reaching a lot of people that way that I don't think we would have otherwise reached. And that 
program in that day, just like being a book fairy, <laughs> it, like I was able to create lasting relationships with folks that I would have otherwise never met, which is really special to me. Um, and then No My Name became the community read this year, which is another like, I'm so happy that our office was able to do that because um, through it, it just goes to show that through advocacy, really anything is possible. Uh, and now hundreds, if not thousands of people have read on my name, which is really, really special. So that's my, that's my favorite of last year. My favorite of this year, oh gosh, that's so hard. There are so many. Um, I hate like trying to pick a favorite I know. because they're all so special, honestly. Yeah. Uh, maybe one that I'm happy about because it required me to reflect on my experience as an SIE and to engage with best practices was uh, the program we did to celebrate MENA Heritage Month um, with Ciara Moesvis, who's uh, an alumni of SCU. She graduated in 2021. Um, we brought her back to speak about her experiences in with Paltrek in Palestine as a Harvard Divinity Fellow. And that was really special because it's I've learned so much from her just throughout the years and uh, she's someone I wanted to bring back to speak. And she was able to connect to current students in a pretty powerful way. Uh, there was one student in the audience who during the Q and A, like she thanks Ciara and she said like, it's it's amazing to see because Ciara herself is Iranian, she's not Palestinian. She said like, thank you for the solidarity and support because the, the student in the audience um, was Palestinian and she was saying it's so nice to see um, that other people care because sometimes it feels like that student said that she feels like she's in an echo chamber um, where she's not like she's not hearing other people caring or seeing it in action um, so that's something I love this year but there's so many fun things like I don't know she's so fun that was so, you <laughs> said like, no, that was really a perfect introduction to the year because it's like having an event like that as successful as it was set the stage for the year was great. Yeah. And like new SIEs. I just have to brag about them. Because Bella and Sean were new to our office in the fall. That event happened in October, yeah? Yeah, it was week four. Week four. So their first month as SIEs, they put together this program that had like 75 people attend yeah so. we had like and left to me and people know how to party <laughs> <laughs> and they were people yeah i think people had no idea what the was yeah <laughs> they had no idea there's like yeah. i'm here to listen to music their friend <laughs> told them there was a party happening there's yeah. dancing okay. there's music yes. so much culture exactly yeah. i uh um, when when it was our orientation right mm -hmm. and uh, Bernal asked us, oh, do any of us have ideas for uh, Latin American Heritage Month? And I was like, I raised my hand. It's like the first time I raised my hand. Yeah. I was like, um, what about a dance party? <laughs> <laughs> what about a dance Hell party? yeah. <laughs> and then jumped on board from Zoom. Yeah, I love Zoom. And then, yeah. And what I loved about that is just like, Latin like our Latin uh, campus community, like just got to have a space to just like, um, to dance and have fun and have like we brought um, a bunch of snacks, a bunch of different drinks. They made yeah. drinks. Yeah, yeah. Made oh, drinks. my kitchen was like sticky. <laughs> from, we made our fresco with uh, it was watermelon, wasn't it? Yeah, watermelon. And yeah, then my kitchen was like sticky and like <laughs> the, my fridge was a mess. It was, but we had oh my gosh, it was so much fun. 
Mm-hmm. And we, had, we bought a bunch of guarana. Like, mm-hmm. um, oh, and then, uh, at the end of it, I was like, oh, oh everyone just take your, uh, like, feel free to take whatever food and like, drinks and snacks you want. And just I still have some of the little jars. <laughs> Those are great. I love really so good jars. Good oh that also, like, taught me a lot about just the, the position. Because before, mm-hmm. like, this is, besides, like, working for my parents or something, like, this, this is my... It's my first job besides working for my parents and yeah. um and my first you're an actor or yeah a child actor how dare you forget my third look up mastercard to get context, I was in a MasterCard commercial. Uh, does everyone know about this commercial? Did we? Were they all in the RS So it was a Christmas, like Christmas theme commercial, and yeah. uh, for uh, we had uh, like the, me and my brothers, we got like three guitars for Christmas, and we were just really gasped and like in faint. And as the artist that I am, I I. I fall back, like, I thought it would be like, just a great effect to roll my eyes back yeah. as I fall back. And then uh, the, 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 the director's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, like, okay, fine. And then, but then, then the, the, the cut that they, they, yeah. they kept was me rolling my eyes back. So. No. <laughs> Artistic yeah. vision. I mean, yes. Sean literally created the theme song that we now use for the podcast. Like, yes. that's oh, yeah. Sean. Like, yeah. The talent. I did start the guitar in third grade too. Which, oh, but yeah. um, and you know, I, I guess um, uh, going back to the noche, I uh, it just that first program just because I just learned like just so much from this position, like from like pursuing like just big, taking a big project and like cutting it up into little pieces and uh and multitasking reaching out to other areas on campus i learned so much about our campus that i had no idea about because from being like online for basically two years and and so this is like the first full in-person year um i just learned so much of like not only about su but also just about how to be like a better professional and like and i would not i would not have been able to like have this learning without going well and I was also able to lead, like, lean into like my passions, like from using my like, background in guitar to uh, help create a jingle for this podcast, yeah. as well as um, lean into my passion for music and the jazz history, black history, uh-huh. um, uh, lean into my passion for mental health, um, uh, for our upcoming uh, mental health awareness month programs, like our walk for suicide prevention. Then we have a, um, a wellness Wednesday tabling yeah, tomorrow. But yeah, I, I just like it's not only uh, have I been able, like, I just really appreciate the opportunity to to like, just lean into what I'm passionate about and, and like help create the change I want to see on camp, like, on campus and, yeah. and and as well as like I think honestly my favorite part about being in SIE is this is like the first time I've been surrounded by so many like passionate, intelligent, like yeah. talented, like dri- like driven people. Uh-huh. Like, so like it just makes it makes makes you like ups ups the bar, you know. Like, I, like, I, cry. But, <laughs> but, I mean like you know I, I have like you know a lot of like a lot of friends are close to me, but they're like yeah. 
I'm I'm never like you know I'm never in a room surrounded by people who want to create like a positive change. You're about to call your like, friends dumb. <laughs> 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 I'm in our never yeah. this I never this driven like, yeah, they don't yeah. like there's so much care when, you know, just a high concentration of like people passionate of drive for, for social yeah. justice and education yeah. and just want to make a difference so. yeah yeah I had a lot of fun things that I did uh throughout my year a lot of them being fun a lot of them just being <laughs> educational I think one of the favorite things that I did with the host was having um, a Women X panel for um, Women's History Month. Uh, it was really great, even though it like took a lot out of me. I truly liked the work that um, I produced in the end. It was a really great event. I was so glad we were able to get uh, a variety of people on the panel and have just a lot of people come in and sit in and just hear um, the story that uh, staff and faculty have to share. And even after the event, I still occasionally heard people talking about it, which was really like heartwarming to like hear. And um, something else I'm pretty proud of is just getting like these trans day of remembrance bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> because I see, I occasionally see people wearing them and it just like makes me happy that people are like in support of um, this day because it's like very important. Um, I also really enjoy, I have a lot of uh, fun things, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the picnic I had um, Sunday. Um, it has been a long thing in the making that I've been like trying to get together uh, with the alumni program. And we were finally able to like physically have the event uh, Sunday. And a lot of people came, a lot of people ate the food, they played the games. It felt like we were like having an early summer and people were just enjoying being together and just like talking and hanging out, even though it was very hot outside. <laughs> uh, but it lasted a longer time than I expected, which was really great. I'm glad so many people were able to came through on uh, a Sunday, nonetheless. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Quick intermission, Nicole is available. Let's get Nicole. Do we want to add her on the call? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Hello everyone, how are you doing? This is our, and this is, it's our farewell podcast. Yeah, it's yes. what we're doing and we're just talking about like what the events that we really loved, the things that were really shitty that happened on campus and like the transition of that. So if you have anything input, please do. Start by telling us your favorite programs. Yeah. Um, well, I love Gays in the Garden. Obviously. Yes. Yes. my baby um i really like the hot ones event some good chicken i'm not gonna lie yeah una noche was wonderful splendid um so those are probably my favorite um okay let's see what what was hard mm hours when you don't have anything to do just like oh what am I gonna do today um maybe this and just coming up with like fake shit to do um, <laughs> yes. it's just, sometimes there's not much on the agenda you know yeah I what did you guys home. say what did y'all say we haven't actually even gotten there yet. No, we haven't talked about like any of We're like <laughs> we're we're getting there. We, we wanted to wait for you. <laughs> okay. 
you know what? What were you saying, Tom? Oh, yeah. I, I said sometimes during my desk hours when I have nothing to do, like, and I just can't look at my computer anymore, I'll have to be like, oh, I'll, I'll just make some buns right now, or like, I'll, make, I'll just try yeah, things for me to do, like, just, hey, Paul, do you need help carrying anything, or like, yeah. just things like that. Yeah. Like, earlier today, I was just, I grabbed a stack of newspapers, like, because we're, we're doing, um, with Chris as our new uh, director, we're passing around uh, these new newspapers around campus, and I was just like, going around to the tables around beds and just like, dishing them out, but yeah, but anyone wants, I guess, continue with the tough things about the job? Tough things? I have a tough thing. Um, I've been talking with folks a lot recently about how there appears to be a collective sense of burnout with regard to social justice and DEI work. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people want to do it or can do it anymore. And uh, I was reflecting about it with Chris in our one-on-one -on -one yesterday, but my first year, week one, I joined TLC and Equay, and the MCC was literally alive. Like it, alive is the only way I can describe it. Like there were always people in there. There were always programs being held in there. And there was so much passion for the work. And the ethnic studies class was, the graduating class that year was small, but like tiny but mighty situation. And people really wanted to do the work. And then there was kind of a lull because of COVID. And then after the deaths of George Floyd, Brown Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, like things picked back up for a minute and then slowed back down because we were still in COVID for like another year. Um, of course, we're still in COVID, but not in lockdown. And like now it things seem to have stabilized, but they're not like where they used to be. And um, I think we're seeing this a lot with hiring, like OML, Wellness Center, other like MCC, TLC, organizations that we've all been a part of. Like they're having a lot of difficulty hiring right now um, because people like, like I said, they either don't want to or they can't because of bandwidth do this work, mm -hmm. which is, is hard for all of us. Not, none of us are here are returning to, OML RC in the fall. Um, a lot of us are graduating or studying abroad, but it it leaves me feeling a little bit pessimistic, if I'm being honest, about like what's gonna happen. Um, but I was sharing with Brunel the other day that I'm really trying to work on that. Um, because there's there's reason for optimism. We have a new director and there are exciting things happening, but it is hard to leave um, the university and to leave OML RC knowing like people aren't as passionate. As, they don't appear to be as passionate as they used to be. There are definitely still people who are passionate and are ready to put in the work, but it's like it, it is a lot of work and I think people are tired. I'm tired. I think like yeah. it's it's not like I'm not exempt from it. I'm I'm tired too. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's been on my mind a lot. I think the pandemic definitely had a lot to do with that. Because yeah. like everybody is the pandemic just took a number on everyone. Everyone is tired we all got taxed by it i mean i mean we're online for college i mean well y'all were online for like a year and a half and then like even though me and Kira were in college we were online high school and then like we came to college we had all the stuff at the beginning of 2021 suicides and sexual assaults and to go back online briefly that was a mess and of course this year i feel like it's just in collective fatigue because everyone everyone's just tired with the pandemic everyone yeah. is just they, they, everyone's just going through it. And even there's, again, we had a test of George Floyd and all the protests in 2020. We had a lot of stuff 
you know, related to DEI work um, and a lot of just just things happening in this country. And then of course, in the queer realm, we've had all the recent transphobic legislations, yeah. don't say gay bills. We had Roe v. Wade being overturned. All these things happened just last year, even though it's was like ages ago. Everyone, I feel like is tired. And also with like people not being as enthusiastic or like MCC and just like not being as alive. Mm-hmm. I also really think COVID really stood a number on all the campus communities. Like I feel like, you know, with, with COVID being online for so long, it just it, it seems like a little like all all the clubs mcc oma rc is just the communities were like just destroyed over covid and it's rebuilt from like ground ground up and it's going to take some time i feel to get to like pre-covid levels of engagement overall um even though like last year people were enthusiastic i feel like this year people haven't been as enthusiastic to get like engaged in all of that and we're still trying to get numbers up from pre-covid yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i think the pandemic right now the pandemic also exacerbated racial, gender, sexual inequalities in the United States. Like black and brown communities, BIPOC communities were the hardest hit by the pandemic. And then you had a lot of anti-Asian hate and a lot of really awful things that happened throughout the pandemic that, you know, a few of them were related directly to the pandemic. A few of them were indirectly related to the pandemic, but all of it, I think, led people to realize like damn there's the little things that we were doing that we were excited about four years ago like they can't fix what's fundamentally wrong with the United States and so it's like why even try which yeah. is hard I'm moving to Canada <laughs> I hope what you you, I, oh, I want to um not only because like the United States is blah, but uh, I I was t- talking with a coworker about it this morning I really, really admire and respect the people who can stay and like continue to fight the good fight day in and day out. Um, that, like I said, a lot of respect for people like that. Um, but I feel like there's also, I don't know. I think we should also respect people that are like, damn, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's there's no, there should be no shame associated with being like, I have to protect Mahek, who's not here right now says it all the time and lives by the phrase I have to protect my peace and that's like something I've really taken to heart this year um you can still do the work and protect your peace and whether that looks like moving to Canada or not that's that's what it is (laughs) I think that's what I would say it's like one of the hardest parts is that the SIE team and the OML and RC as just offices are some of the only people on Santa Clara's campus that continually, as Grace would like said, fight the good fight. And it's hard because in these roles, so many of us, if not all of us, come to these roles because we share identities, we share experiences. And I've said this the entire year, but like your work doesn't end when you leave the desk because you're never going to stop being who you are you're you know you're like it's your sexuality it's your race it's your ethnicity and you never stop being that and in a job like this that's all about you know promoting and striving for justice on our campus you can't just like leave this work behind like you might if you work like in the mail room or you know as a desk assistant or something and that's been a really tricky line to like to toe and then one other thing and then I have to go to dinner with my family 
but um, I remember when I was working there, uh, like in the fall, I think it was the end of fall, I was like policing every single thing I thought I said in terms of like social justice, like, is this inclusive enough language? And like, Grace, well, I remember I said something at a vigil and I like, you, I assumed someone's pronouns and Grace was like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then I, uh, I was doing that with everything and I like could not escape it. And it was like ruining my life. Um, so that I'm was- I'm so it. sorry. I was already doing it because like the ethnic studies classes and then all the other stuff and then like being in the RRC and now like dedicating myself to that. And then in the winter quarter, I was taking disability classes and it was just like a lot. And I was like, protest. I was like doing everything at once. And I was like, I need to pick something. Like I can't do this all. Um, and so having to pick is really difficult, but again, you have to protect your peace. Um, and another thing with working in the RRC, I know I've talked about this with the RRC folks, um, is like, especially with the queer stuff that's happening in the country right now, being on the gay agenda every week and like people knowing that you are queer on campus is very scary. Um, and like literally every week with your face um, and whether or not they, they don't know how you identify and so they could assume the worst. And so I developed a fear of being hate crime because of this job, but I wouldn't have not done this job because of that. Like I loved working there um, and it was a phenomenal experience, but it did come with other fears. So. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that too, I remember like during the fall quarter, like the first like few weeks, every time I go down to RSC and go on my thing, I'm like, who's around? Yeah. Like, who, yeah. Who's yeah. judging yeah. me? Who may who's judging me? Who's gonna, yeah. Who may say something? Who again? Who may hate crime? And go all that's going on. It's like yeah. now we may be in California, maybe in a more um more accepted part of the country, but their homophobes are everywhere. Homophobes oh, yeah. are everywhere. Crazy <laughs> people are everywhere. You never know. Like, yeah. no, and it's like, and of course, of course, it's like I'm not, I'm not gonna like not go to my shifts and like I'm not gonna do this job. It's definitely like it's that thought of like, what will people think? What will people do? What will people say? You, you just never know. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, especially because you work very hard. But we love you and we really miss you. And it was I'll just so nice to see your face. Long I'll hours. be back next week for Rainbow Prom. And ethnic studies. I'll see you there, Grace. So I'll be back next week, everyone. I'll see you soon. Keep that in. Oh my gosh. But also, just to like go back to the work that we do. This is the sort of stuff that is important to the SIE role. We're all friends. Yeah. 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 We can talk about this. Oh, it's, awesome. yeah. <laughs> it's like we we misread the profile earlier. <laughs> Wait, we're not gonna talk about that. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it later. I'm being so rude to the audience though, because at least five times we've been like, let me just later. <laughs> well, the, the beautiful thing is I can edit all that. Out. Okay. But I just, I guess like that that leads into, that leads into just a big piece of like advice for next next year's SIEs mm-hmm. is like you know like be, be friends you know like yeah. I think it's so super important like just visiting the OML the RRC mm-hmm. um I visit the RRC a lot our honorary number yeah but it's like it's super helpful because like not only like you're not only working it 
working together, you're also like in it together, you know? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I've said this like a lot of times, like so many times this quarter, it's, it's a, you know, it's a part-time, part-time hours with, uh, with full-time commitment, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So whether, like, if you're working on a project and um, you ask another SIE, hey, could you like help, like help like me brainstorm for this? Or hey, could, mm -hmm. could you like help me with this flyer? Or even when we're working on podcasts together from like, um, like just the normal communication from me sending like audio clips to like of the guitar to Anissa or um, I'll record my podcast and like and, and this is like generous enough to, to edit it or like and then, or, and that collaboration or like yeah. or multiple people jumping in on our project with Issa talking to uh, Kira and I about about the uh, jazz histories black history technical dialogue and mm -hmm. us like finding things where we had in common things that we're passionate about I'm just leaning into those and, like, and it's nice having like for example I didn't uh, from an ocean Latin America, I would not have done without Bella. Like, like, just being able to, like, I remember me, like, since I'm, I'm, I was kind of slow, so like, I had all these ideas in my head, and I was like, okay, I think we need to contact these people and these people, but, but I was like super, I'm just a super slow, like, typer when it comes to emails and everything, so Bella would be like, cool, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I mean, obviously, I got like, faster over time with all that stuff, but like, just being able to, like, lean into each other's strengths and see, like, and and the best part is just like being together with it because when things are not so like not so fun like or when things are fun you're like you're just all like enjoying it or not enjoying it together yeah yeah exactly i think that's incredibly important that we all do we are like i said before we're all friends we all are very comfortable with each other you're talking about the funny things that happens but also like just serious stuff like my mind immediately goes to the colorado springs vigil that we have yeah and one, thank you so much to Nicole for setting that up mm -hmm. and like being the real like star in running that. Mm -hmm. But just being able to create space where we know we're hurting. And we talked about this mm -hmm. earlier with giving yourself and putting yourself in this job. It never leaves once you start it because it's this job is who we are. Mm -hmm. It makes up all of our identities mm -hmm. and we're very passionate about it. So then creating those spaces where it's like, I anybody in this room, and also Mahag, Naomi, Isa. Isa. <laughs> I forgot Isa wasn't here. <laughs> I assumed Isa was here in presence. <laughs> but, <laughs> she but, is. Yeah. But anybody, I feel comfortable going to anybody. Like, I mm -hmm. could particularly, I, I've been struggling mentally and also with a lot of family issues. And if it wasn't for any of you, <laughs> I. <laughs> I want to have felt cared for enough to not only do the work that we do, but also to just make it through classes. Mm -hmm. Like, do you guys, I know it sounds super cheesy and so dumb because I joke about how old I am all the time, but you have become my family oh when I oh desperately God. needed it. And so, like, thank you all for being a part of that but also thank you just for the amount of work that you put in for yourself because i see it the community sees it the people that come into our office to just sit do homework and joke around and have the most off-the-wall conversations ever <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have been the same if it wasn't us as a yeah. group of individuals who all came together so yeah i think something similar to say to that is, is that we have to be and this goes for like um 
the new people who will soon be taking our roles, just like be supportive of each other. Because within this role, you're soon gonna learn how unsupportive this institution is yeah. uh, for yeah. our organization. So um, and and it just becomes really hard because you want you're we're passionate about the work we want to do here, but just understanding that just administration and like the institution doesn't really give recognition for how much work students are actually putting in to the stuff that's get, getting made. Like that visual that we had, I feel like there was not enough recognition for um, all of us who came together and like held that space. Like it, I could go on a long rant. I, I'm just gonna cut it there. No, honestly, now we're gonna talk with them how unsupported we are. Like yeah. let, let's get on to that. Cause honestly, it's more, that's like one of the big, honestly the biggest issue of working here and of this, and just OMLRC. Yeah underfunded, understaffed in all honesty. We, this all, we're, we're already on, we're in Old Mel right now. We're not even on campus, we're across the street from campus. RC Rainbow Resource Center, we are in a room that is honestly the size of a closet. We have clothes, we, we have proof that it's a closet. Yes, it's a closet, <laughs> you see stuff there. I'm like, I, and I said this to y'all before, that room is I'd say like half to three fourths the size of my parents' closet. Any parents have a big closet, the RC is small. <laughs> Your parents got a big closet. No, we're not given we're just not given like a good space. We're not given any of the resources we need. And even the spaces, there's so many other spaces in downstairs Benson, some of which were vacant last year. Why can we moved in there? We've been down in that same area for Benson 11 for ever since RC's found. Why can't we get a better space? Um, they've been there for 11 years yeah 11 years now and even and also it's like another space too is like there are other orgs that moved in but it's like why can't we go on that first because we were already there um and also just when it gets to the funding part i mean joanna burnell oh joanna when she was here and now burnell are always talking about how like funding is always like thin mostly mindful of budget especially when we get to spring quarter at this point in the year the budget runs thin. we have to be mindful in all the programs it's like why can't we get more of that when we obviously need that so we can do programs that result we're asking for much we are not asking for a $300 million STEM building. We're not asking for a $50 million athletics gym. We're just asking that we have enough money to make it to the end of the school year to do our programs, which don't cost, cost much, or to be able to log the hours that we're working. And also, like, if I want to go on to, like, how, like, there's not enough support for everyone, let's go to the pro staff. There's a reason why there's been high turnover. Like, there's a reason why the pro staff, like Joanna, um, have only are only staying here for about as long as two months, around four or five years. It's because SU just runs the pro staff into the round and the students, but especially the pro staff who are honestly like individually doing the work of two people. And now with Joanna gone, Burnell's also doing the work of like four people. Like they're just doing way too much work. They are not given any like help or resources. And also even Pauline, Pauline is also as our office manager is not being given enough. We honestly need like a director and associate director for OML and RC, and each one also needs their own office managers. We need to double the pro staff mm -hmm. if we're going to run effectively, if everyone's going to be able to run and just just be able to like sustain this job long term. Mm -hmm. It's too there's too much that they have to do, and it's just too much this office is being forced to do with, with the resources we have. And to increasing mm -hmm. pro staff means we need to increase space as well. Yes. As was stated earlier. RC is in the in the basement of Benson. That right there tells me that this school doesn't want us to be visible to incoming students, especially that there is a career community here on campus. We it feels very lackluster that we're in this office closet space um, that we are in now, and it's just like it shows that they don't care, unfortunately. And we, in my opinion, 
we should have a similar space like the MCC has where they house multiple cultural groups and have that for just a bunch of, because we have various queer orgs here on campus. Mm -hmm. And like, if we don't have a collective space together where we can come together and just be our true selves. Like, sure we have the RSC, but like I said, it's like a closet, it's an office space. It doesn't feel like inviting or warm to be in. Like, it, we try our best to like decorate it and make it look nice, but that doesn't take away that it. I think something that we can, uh, that we should talk about uh -huh. uh, is just not only, just support as to like, getting more like turnout of students um, in like and like and I guess the not I guess more support from the institution to getting students to our programs, but also of like staff and faculty members to our programs. Um, from like I don't know, I feel like there should be a, a stronger effort from uh, from professors in their classes to other staff members in the, their various organizations and resources. To getting students and themselves like yeah. to it, I, I feel it seems like just like the same number of people, the same selected people come to our, our programs, which is great. We, like we have so much love for the people who show support yeah. our programs, but um, we can't always be preaching to the choir. We, like we no. we need yeah. we need additional support from mm -hmm. uh, and just from the whole community to to let our voices be heard. Yeah. For sure. You definitely need to be acknowledged as an office mm -hmm. and like we or whoever is taking over within the next year. We need to be acknowledged, supported, and not tokenized. Because mm -hmm. the only way that we gain traction from anybody is when they need us to use us for something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. It's like it's like over today when that when that when that first one admissions came down and was like, oh, watch the post and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm gonna send them along, but it still is a lot to take out of my own psyche to be like, well, you didn't care enough to come take the pictures. You weren't there. Like it just mm -hmm. is using our office to prove that they're working towards diversity and they're working towards they're lying. no, it's bullshit. It's all a lie. Mm -hmm. It is not nearly where it needs to be. And I don't know exactly what needs to happen, but that is a very, very strong reality for this job and on this campus that we should be addressing, whether we were scared of getting in trouble or not. I honestly don't care. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but just like knowing that a part of being in this position and which we've tried to communicate before, but I don't think is actually listened to because we've talked about our jobs don't end when we leave the office. We work 24-7 and it's I think the way it was taken when he said that was, are you not getting paid for the work you do? Mm -hmm. Which we aren't. Like, we should definitely, we should be making over minimum wage. Mm -hmm. It is not the same office job as oh my God. anything else That's, on campus. No. <laughs> for how taxing it is to put yourself, and I, I do that willingly. I purposely use my SIE mm -hmm. role to put more of myself in the world and put my, more of myself in the things that I do. But that's a big ask for people. And then it sucks even more when you're like, oh, can I use your face for this? Can I use this? Can yeah. we just say, can we direct you in here? Because it's there's no follow through action. Mm -hmm. It's not support, it's tokenization. Yeah. So uh, to close this final podcast episode, we're all gonna share one interaction with the student faculty or staff member we had this year that cemented our love of the work that we do. Um, with that, I can start. We were talking earlier about Club Q and the vigil that we held and the interaction I want to highlight without like naming names or anything 
a student emailed our office a few months ago sharing that they knew people who would go to Club Q. They went to Club Q themselves as an ally to support their friends um, on nights out. And they were very appreciative of the work that we do and offered to support us in any way that they could. And I was sitting at the desk during my shift one day and emailed that student back thanking them for their allyship. And I, that interaction led me to reflect on allyship and language and how allyship to me at least and to all of us in this room is an active process, not passive. It's not posting on social media, but actively showing up for communities that you care about. And um, I think that that's, the student's email is a beautiful example of like, we are reaching people, even if it doesn't feel like we are. Like we talk with the, the Club Q vigil, we talk a lot about, Kira, you were saying recognition, like that vigil didn't receive the recognition we wanted it to receive by the university. Um, and as difficult as that is, we reached one person. And even if we reached that one person, I like I would do it over again, you know. Um, that's the interaction I want to have. Yeah. Something I want to highlight. Um, I guess the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question uh, wasn't it wasn't experienced during the SI position, but it was before it was around the time I got um, offered the position. Mm -hmm. And it was about a year ago. I was like, I was working on this. Like, the reason why I, I ended up here was through the Mountaintop campaign, which is just yeah. me wanting to create community through action rather than words. So what I was doing was just had a bunch of buttons with, with icebreaker questions on them and and put them in vents in. And, and when I uh, had my bowl of like, for the first time, I put my bowl of buttons like in the front desk of Benson, and I went up to the person at the desk. And I said, hi, uh, I'm collaborating with the OML on this event, kind of, or on this program, explain it to them. Uh, is it cool if I leave this bully down here? And they, uh, they said, yes, of course. And as, I'm as I turn to walk away, immediately I hear them uh, scurry around the, around the table. And I hear, like, uh, I hear them grab a few buttons, and they turn to their co-workers and say, Does any, uh, do any of you want a button? And just the immediate feedback from just right away, uh, it just made my whole year. Like, uh, it, was, it was just, and that's how, that was like the reason like why I just love that so much. Just the, the immediate feedback of people just being on board and, uh, and me connecting with, like, my idea connects with someone that's like, um, like it connects with someone in the campus community and the, the, that immediate feedback just, it kind of just encapsulates why I like I really um, love uh, love currently and um, you know and will miss being an SIE. I um I think it, what I like the most is that um, because I run the gay agenda and it's like a weekly thing. I do occasionally get people who uh, talk to me like, hey, you're the, you're the one who's running the agenda because my name is on it. So I do get like, mostly friends, but then a couple people just through class just just say, hey, I did like, I read the agenda. And it's really nice and reassuring to know that people are actually like taking the time out of the day to go through the agenda. But I think someone that kind of stuck out the most during my time um, in this role was uh, Elise from Campus Ministry. Uh, just knowing that there is like faculty on campus that are very much in support of like LGBTQ plus issues, especially like 
in very niche areas. So like uh, that um, community and like spirituality, like coming together, like I'm really thankful that um, she's very um, into the work she's doing and that I'm hoping I can like work, even though I'm not gonna return to this role next year, I'm hoping I can still like continue to work with her more because she's just like a really great person to get to know and she's very passionate about the work she does and I just really appreciate her. And she also was the one who helped uh, make the bracelets for trans stay of her room, so. Yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out to Elise. Yeah. <laughs> for me, honestly, I have two. I have like one, I guess, one of the students and one with staff that both tie for me. First was back in fall when I did a difficult dialogue, getting to work with like a queer faculty member. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I get to I got to work with him on the DE stuff uh for the month of and also like he was in what was that? I thought we're in we're in public public county public health stuff. Uh, but he was in like Santa Clara County Public Health and um, before his faculty were at SCU. It was nice to work with not only an expert, but someone who was in the core community, someone who was also living through that. It was nice to see that there are there are faculty here that do want to work with us and that there are also faculty at SCU that identify as queer. It's like, it's not just the students that are queer, it's also the faculty, it's also staff, it's also um, anyone else in this universe, not just students that are queer, not just young people, people of all ages, people in different stages of their life. And that was, that was for me definitely a really nice um, thing for me, your favorite like, thing when it comes to working with like faculty. And for me, what ties with this also one of students is when I did the, or, <clears throat> the Blair Amani event with Queer and Qualified, because that one, again, was like, we, you know, we're a student group. We do not have the same level of resources as RC does, obviously. Um, so like when we founded the honorarium for having Blair come with thousands, we're like, there's no way we can afford this. But RC is like, oh, we can uh, we can cover the honorarium, we can do this. And it's like, that's great. Because without, you know, without RC, we wouldn't be able to have Blair um come into an event with us. And like it would and it wasn't just quote unquote qualified uh people who came. We had other people who had never come to a quote qualified event, like just come out and um, coming to the event, and in total, I think we have like 50 to 60 people come, both in person and on Zoom, many of which they didn't know about Quorum Qualified, um, and so this is like the first time we were at the club, and it's like, I got like, it's like in this position, I got to help a club that I was involved in, another queer club, do something they wouldn't be able to do otherwise, and also managed to make it the biggest event that, um, that we, that Quorum Qualified had ever had, um, so those are probably like my two highlights, just working with uh, other people in this role. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. great. I was there on Zoom, and yes. I can still feel the energy in the room. Blair is such a warm person, and mm-hmm. I love that. Shout out to y'all for organizing it. Yes, it was it was great that it was able to happen. It yeah. it took quite a while, but it's like it happened, and we're like, oh my god. Okay, mine. This is gonna sound very strange, but believe it or not, one of my favorite memories of student interactions has was through Embrace. Oh. Now hear me out. I no. this is not me condoning embrace. I, <laughs> I am not an embrace fan. <laughs> However, it was one, it must have been, I think it was a Saturday session. It was a Saturday morning session. And one of the things I try to do in embrace is to like be just like authentically me and I know Sean was next to me in a lot of the embrace sessions and he would at the end of every time he'd be like oh my god you're impossible to be next to <laughs> just because like I'm just like yelling I'm like <laughs> 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 
This is everyone's having so much fun, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, most of the time. Next time I hear about saying, yeah, let me tell you a story. And I'm here saying, step in. <laughs> I was just trying to, like, make it interactive. <laughs> but it just has a lot of fun energy. Yes. <laughs> thank you. With that being said, this one particular day, you know, and we had the icebreaker activity at the beginning, and I was with my partner, and um, we were just sharing things about ourselves. And one thing that I'm very hesitant to share, but I love when I can get to share is my third culture and international identity. And this girl was telling me about where she's traveled. And then we started talking, trying to find things in common, like we do in that first age figure. And she was like, trying to tell me all these things. And then she was like, oh, you've been to a lot of places. And I was like, oh yeah, I grew up internationally. Anyway, I said something about Ethiopia. And because that was my, one of my treasured homes. And a girl in my group, like, completely perked up. She was like, Ethiopia? Like, why are you talking about Ethiopia? And she was like, you know Ethiopia? And she, anyway, so it turns out she was Ethiopian. She um, had never met a white person <laughs> who knew about Ethiopia the way I did. Why are you white? Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was the best thing ever because she and I connected in my group. Yeah. And then at the end of our session, she... It's like she had like a secret siren. She calls one name and like four girls come up and they're like, you know Ethiopia? Like, you know everything. And then we start like speaking in Amharic and then they're like shocked. They've never seen a white person speak Amharic before. And they, they were like, oh my God, I'm from around here. Like you have to come to my parents' house. You have to do all this. Like come eat in Jarrah with us, all this stuff. And it, then we were just surrounded for like, they stayed late. They stayed like maybe 45 minutes late. They stopped by the RRC a bunch of times. And to this day, like if I see any of them, they will like come embrace me. We wave. It's like super enthusiastic. And that was like, I can't somewhat like someone got something out of embrace. Yeah. Including yeah. myself. <laughs> but I just, it was so incredible. And I, for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like there's someone on this campus that I can talk to about that part of my life yeah, yeah and so like not only I'm sure it was like shocking for them to like see me and like interact with me you know I'm yeah I'm older than them I'm not Ethiopian by blood obviously but they just were like shocked there were people like that and I just know I was shocked to find people who wanted to talk about Ethiopia mm -hmm. and then it was just like this crazy and like I felt so happy like to this day even just thinking about that, I'm like, that was good. Like, that was a great yeah. moment. And I think I it's yeah. also just a testament to, like, being vulnerable. It's so hard. But, like, it pays off so much if it's oh, with yeah. the right people. No, <laughs> I guess, yes. like, you know what I mean? It's worth it, even for, like, all the bad experiences that happen exactly. as a result of being vulnerable. Like, that one, like, having just one thing like that yeah. that lasts all year and, like, now that you have those relationships like yeah it's so special yeah that's my favorite <laughs> bring us home with this on yes <laughs> this is perfect did you plan this to go last i kind of did well i have to end it i mean it's, i've worked on this podcast for two years it's, this is my baby so there's been a lot of moments in the two years that I've worked here where I have gotten to receive anonymous feedback, in-person feedback, emails, 
for a lot of the stuff that I did. The first one was probably with, uh, what was it for? It was for Queer Craft Corner when I started it last year in the spring. Um, somebody had emailed and said, I was at the event, I didn't really speak, but I just want you to know that I'm trying to become a six six. And I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> but just like knowing that the things that I that I did were things that made a difference. I can't change the world. Sorry, there's a Pearson Bell song that's stuck in my head. <laughs> and the line that I also like just have been listening to a lot is uh I swear to God, I'm going to change the world, and someday we'll say this is paradise. Um, but anyway, just like knowing that I did, I can't change the world, but I changed somebody's world in that day. So I get the same thing when like people write in on the podcast when they're requesting episodes. Sometimes it's just comments that say like, "Hey, thank you for talking about this." Like, uh, biphobia and fatphobia. Fatphobia was my favorite episode because it was something that I it was. It meant so much to me. And there was also like some negativity that I got with it. There was a YouTube comment that was like, why don't you just exercise? Like some prick, but whatever. Um, but like it just so many other people that was like, that's the first time I actually felt comfortable. And it was the episode that also made me start to consider my gender identity. Like, like, okay, so also within that, just the people that I've met, like talking with the podcast, with different stuff, bringing guests in, have made me reflect on myself and also reflect on the events that I do and the type of stuff that I want to do. So even stuff like Thrifty that I didn't start until this quarter, so many people show up to that event and they're like, one, they're constantly trying to give us money. They're like, is there a way to Venmo you? Is there a way to pay? Because like, this, this event means something to me. This is the first time that I can get gender affirming clothing and I don't get to go home with it but I get to have it here and so like all of these voices whether they were physically voiced to me they were written to me I know that I made a difference in somebody's life mm -hmm. and I couldn't have done that without doing, <laughs> doing this role it's difficult it's hard it's so much taxing stuff but it changed me and I'm very thankful to have had my time here. I'm thankful for getting to do the podcast. It's something that I always wanted to do, but I was a little too careful to do. And I'm grateful for the work that I've done and the work of everyone here. I'm thankful for all of you. Oh, God. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was perfect. <laughs> we love you so much. I love you, <laughs> I love you all so much. Like, I <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Thank you for coming to our events. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking our posts. And I guess for the last time, like I said, this is my baby. <laughs> this has been Word on the Street and OLNRC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh. <laughs>